0: Block Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to Block Talk Radio's Grassroots Holistic Health Show for Saturday, October 9th. I'm your host Wesley Gray coming to you live from New York City at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Our show today is featuring Dr. Christopher Saltwall. But first, I'd like to begin by acknowledging and thanking the One Most High God for allowing this show to be. And I send blessings, love and respect to my elders, my children, siblings, my mother-in-law, and my wife and our ancestors. Good evening, everyone. I extend greetings of peace and blessings, and I recognize the divinity within all of you. Today we have a very special guest on our show. And the reason I say he is so special is that he is my wife's naturopathic doctor. Along with the Most High, he has played an important role in her miraculous recovery. But first, allow me to give a brief bio of Dr. Salt-Pol. Uh Dr. Christopher Saltpall received his Bachelor of Science in Material Science. Training from Rutgers University, and is Doctor of Naturopathic Medicine from Baxter University, one of the world's leading centers for natural medicine. He is a graduate of the New York College of Traditional Chinese Medicine in New York, and is a licensed acupuncturist. He has a lifelong dedication to healing and has worked with patients suffering from many different health problems. Now, indeed, he is someone who has experienced helping people with obesity, diabetes, hypertension, HIV, AIDS, and cancer. While in Seattle, Washington, Dr. Soulport organized a successful support and treatment program for seniors struggling with obesity and diabetes. And prior to medical school, Dr. Soport helped found a program for adolescents who were struggling to become conscious and positive adults. He also worked for several years in the foster care system and in the pharmaceutical and biotechnological uh, industries. And currently, in addition to managing a growing practice, he is a nutritional consultant for a nutraceutical company here in New York City by the name of InVite Health. Uh, At this point, what I'd like to do, we're having a few technical difficulties. It seems as if Dr. Salkal has not... uh, Uh, phones in as of yet. So I'd like to uh, also indicate that we have my wife, uh, Spirit Change, who's um, with us, and she is actually um, on the phone trying to contact Dr. Salkor presently. Once we do connect with him, I will be taking a break shortly, and hopefully at that point we will have him on the air. Uh, during the show, I will share with you information regarding health issues and remedies, and uh, this show will inform you of the practical tips for enhancing your overall quality of life, spirit, mind, and body. And I'm excited that I'm not a medical doctor and I'm not giving medical advice in any way whatsoever. but what I do is share what personally works for me and my family and hope that you too will find some benefit with the information that I share with, with all the things you know I would advise that you would check with the licensed medical professional before embarking on any changes in your health routine. Uh, At this point, I will take a, and when I return, I will continue uh, uh, with what I just mentioned, and hopefully Dr. Salkal will be available. Uh, Please hold on, thank you. We've had a few technical difficulties, but at this point, I'd like to bring my wife, uh, Spirit Change, um, to speak with you regarding some things that she feels very relevant to the show which we're about to uh, share. Please hold on.
0: Allah here, everyone. Peace and blessings. I'm glad to be in the studio today with my husband, Wesley Gray. I would like to share an article which I think is very apropos to health. It's an interesting article that one of my Facebook friends gave me permission to read on the air. And uh, this is an article written by Avandan Alangan Shekhan. The name of the article is The Seven primary causes of disease and its seven cures, and it's quite interesting. The article states that according to the hermetic philosophers, there were seven primary causes of disease. The first was evil spirits. This was regarded as creatures both of degenerate actions subsisting on the vital energies of those to whom they attach themselves. The second cause was a derangement of the spiritual nature and the material nature. These two, failing to coordinate, produce mental and physical subnormality. I'm going to share some more of this article later. It appears that our guest has arrived. Hello, uh, Dr. Saltwell. Hi. Good evening.
2: Good evening. Uh, hi, how are you doing, Leslie and Dora? How are you guys?
1: Great. Good evening. Welcome uh, to Grassroots uh, Holistic Health. Hello, Doctor.
2: Thank you so much. Hello.
1: Great. I'm I'm so happy that you were able to uh, come through. I know we were having a few technical difficulties, but you know those things happen. Uh, indeed. Uh, we uh, we read your bio earlier, and at this point, what I'd like to do is uh, uh, to, uh, with no further ado. Is get you involved with uh, the show and to explain to the listening audience uh, basically what is naturopathic medicine?
2: Yeah, uh, naturopathic medicine is um, a medicine that has roots in many different cultures, African culture, uh, uh, Asian culture, uh, Native American culture, European culture, and basically um, at the foundation of naturopathic medicine, it's to uh, treat the uh, underlying or root cause. Um, when I say that, if you compare it to Western medicine or allopathic medicine, um, the focus is more on disease and symptoms and so in um, pathology. so you have to be broken down, you have to have a condition, a disease, or symptoms uh, in Western medicine or allopathic medicine. Um, that need to be healed but the underlying causes and the mechanisms aren't addressed naturopathic medicine uh, addresses the underlying causes the mechanisms and we choose to um, bring balance and harmony um, uh, within those underlying mechanisms um, by natural processes natural means Um, a natural mean can be using herbs utilizing botanical medicine or plant medicine using um, nutrition, using diet, using exercise, uh, acupuncture, homeopathy, um, uh, energetic medicine, um, making sure that the person is emotionally and psychologically uh, healthy. Uh, so, these are the ways we choose to address the underlying cause and not uh, looking at the uh, – just the symptom.
1: Okay, great. Uh- you know, that's really comprehensive, and I'm happy that you were able to share that because quite a few people have no idea in terms of uh, the essence of uh, Western medicine as opposed to Eastern medicine and the the, most, the different various modalities. Um, could you explain to the listening audience, uh, Dr. So-Paul, what is the uh, uh, the training for a naturopathic doctor? But until then, hold on for a sec. Sure. Uh, yes, yeah, okay. Could you explain what is
2: the training for a naturopath- naturopathic doctor? Sure. Um, so the training is very similar to what um, a, a medical doctor or an allopathic western medical doctor, MD, would, would have to do. Um, so you've got four years of medical school where the first two years of medical school are basic sciences. Um, so during our first two years we study basic sciences like anatomy, physiology, neuroscience, um, we also study uh, clinical sciences like um, gastroenterology, uh, endocrinology, obstetrics, and gynecology. Um, but within the whole four- year program, we also integrate ways to uh, heal those things um, with a different naturopathic modalities. So we also learn herbs., uh, we learn how to utilize um, homeopathy, uh, which is a, uh, a branch of medicine that started about two hundred years ago in Germany. It focuses on using low-dose um, plants, herbs, minerals to um, bring about balance, um, acupuncture, body a work, physical therapy, chiropractic, uh, these types of things. Um, we studied during the course of that four years. We have clinical rotations for about two years, uh, and afterwards some people uh, enter into residencies. The requirement is that you don't have to go to a residency. Uh, nor is it as such with a, a Western medical doctor. Um, but I believe Western medicine has more of a structure uh for their physicians to go into, whereas um most naturopaths after their clinical uh rotations um and after their four years of medical school, um we start private practice or we go work with a uh a healer or a naturopath who's been working longer than us. So we learn from them.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, that's very comprehensive. Uh, if you just pause a minute, Dr. Sokol, we have another call on the line, and I believe it's a friend of the family. Uh, please hold on. It's, uh, 646, are you on the line?
0: Hesipo, how are
1: you? Can you um, hear me? I'm Great. How are you? This sounds like Mudaj. Yes, it is. Oh, it's, it's a pleasure I'm, to hear your voice.
0: Hesipo, it's a pleasure
2: to that- I'm here. Hesipu- <laughs>
0: It's a pleasure
1: to have the opportunity. What did you say? Please say again, It's a
0: pleasure. Yes, it's a pleasure to have the opportunity to be able to call in. I do have a question that I would like to ask. Okay, oh, sure. great. go ahead.
1: Please.
0: Okay. Um, next one. I am um, preparing myself to have surgery. I'm having a knee replacement, and I would like to know which supplements, I, being a diabetic that I am, I would like to know which supplements would be good for me to um, start
2: on. Absolutely. Um, so the supplements that I think that would be very good for you, um, one of them would be alpha-lipoic acid. And uh, this would be very good um, for one thing um, for helping to maintain um, um, to counteract glycation, so what happens to diabetics, and particularly people who, uh, diabetics who uh, go under surgery and things like that, um, the body is stressed, proteins break down, and nerve tissue breaks down. Alpha lipoic acid could help to slow down that process. So that's one thing you may want to try to do. And also you uh, other things you may want to try to do, um, things to help the healing process, because a lot of times because of this process of glycation, which is when you have uh, consistently elevated sugar in your blood and, again, it's breaking down proteins and preventing you from healing properly, um, when you have this type of thing, what you want to do is uh, make sure that your healing is up to par, that your skin is able to heal itself, that your uh, tissues are able to heal themselves, So, um So uh, protein, uh, in the form of whey, could be uh, very beneficial for, for healing, Vitamin C would be very beneficial. So I would say for, for protein, you want to do about 20 grams a day. Uh, for vitamin C, you want to do at least 1,000 milligrams or one gram a day. Um, the uh, nutrients like zinc, vitamin A are very, very helpful. Um, also, there are some products on the market um, that are meant to help, um, uh, help you to um, have better energy, uh, that are meant to help you have... Um, a stronger immune system but they're also meant to help you to heal better because oftentimes the same um, cells in your body are responsible for all of those functions and so um, the product the particular product I'm talking about contains nucleotide complexes in them so that's something that really really helps with healing um, in addition to that you also may want to do uh, something that's going to help to benefit your connective tissue uh, like vitamin C, which is what I mentioned before, but also like uh, collagen. Uh, So, like, uh, there's lots of companies and lots of nutraceutical companies that sell um, collagen products. They're usually from a bovine source. You can get them from shellfish sources or chicken sources, Um, but they're really, really beneficial in helping to uh, expedite and speed up healing, uh, which is, I think, what is most beneficial for someone who's having blood sugar issues and is going through surgery. Okay. Thank
0: you so much. Did you get all
2: of that? Yeah. Um, Yes, I did. I I was writing
0: as you were talking.
2: Yeah, I believe uh, uh, Wesley and Burr are probably going to be giving my email afterwards. Um, If you wanted to email me so I can um, email you back all of those things with some um, doses, um, you can do that also.
0: That
1: would be great. Thank you so much.
2: Okay. God bless. Okay.
1: Thank you so much, Doctor. Um, And, uh, Ludas, are you going to stay on for a moment?
0: Um, I'll be listening in, yes. Um, I'm going to hang up, but I will be listening in. And thank you so much for the opportunity um, for so many.
1: Uh, You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Okay. And Uh, Grandmaster also sends his greetings. Oh, great. Tell him that I uh, I return the greetings in life. Uh, Dr. Sokhorst. Uh, Would you like to give the listening audience uh, your contact information, such as your address and phone number and email address at this point?
2: I will. Um, So my practice is at 230 West 13th Street. This is the address, Uh, Suite B. That's between 7th and 8th Avenue. That's in New York. So that's the um, uh, Chelsea section, West Village section of Manhattan. That's kind of like... if you're familiar with the um, Integral Yoga, Integral Yoga is like a health food store. Uh, of course, they teach yoga there. So it's right near there. Uh, my telephone number is 917-837-6722. And my email address is that's uh, Dr. D-R-S-A-L-T-P-A-W, at gmail.com. Great. Thank you. Uh, another question I have,
1: do you
2: accept insurance for your services? Um, we don't um, for naturopathic medicine. We don't uh, for um, and the reason why is um, naturopathic medicine. We have been fighting and struggling to get ourselves licensed here in the state of New York. Um, New York is one of the most difficult states for uh, any kind of alternative healer, uh, chiropractors, or acupuncturists, to. To practice in, the practice um, and the laws here seem to be really rigid, and I think that um, it's my opinion that it's probably because the American Medical Association um, has a real strong hold on politics um, and, govern- and and govern- governance in um, the state of New York. Um, they, they're a very strong political lobby. So I believe that um, um, our fight is to get licensed, and the reason why we haven't been able so far uh it is partially because I think resistance from other uh you know um other organizations number one um and so the reason why we can't accept insurance and the reason why we can't do things like um uh run blood work and do um uh labs and uh do kind of physical exams and things like that is because uh we 're not licensed yet however, this is something that is um um uh we're really fighting for and we're um we're making uh, tremendous strides. Um, however acupuncture is licensed, so yes, that part of it is. I do do accept insurance for that. Oh wonderful.
1: And and would you like to share what types of insurance or do you have that knowledge?
2: Um well I I'm kinda liking it works with that. I, I believe that some of them are Aetna, Oxford, uh uh GMI, um, I believe that those are the three so far. Mm-hmm. Now, or GHI, I'm like, sorry. You, you
1: mentioned the word, and uh, I don't want to take this uh, program into a political arena, as, as it were, but uh-huh. I, I'm very much aware that in, in the Western medical doctors, doctors who are practicing Western medicine, as it were, uh, they seem to be a little bit apprehensive nowadays about insurance and about being sued. Uh, Is that something that has been a conversation within your circle of naturopathic doctors in terms of the insurance scenario?
2: Uh, It certainly is. Um, I think that that is a very big topic of discussion uh, amongst anybody who has the ability to um, accept insurance or um, is thinking about it. Um, uh, Insurance companies pretty much could determine how you practice. Um, So, uh, for instance, um if someone has a particular condition, you must follow a particular protocol to get insured, um, to to be compensated for your work. And uh this is to protect the uh consumer, um, but it's also to cover uh it's also so that costs don't get out of hand, I believe. The trade off is is that I don't think that there's much um, leeway and ability it doesn't leave much leeway and ability for the physician to be an artist and try to really figure out what the individual's needs are and so um, if you're left with just a protocol driven type of um, system a lot of times it doesn't give you the space to, when things don't necessarily fit and so that's what the issue is among a lot of naturopaths I think um, uh, is that our medicine to its core Um, It's very much like we need to figure out what is happening to that individual at this particular time, and that doesn't necessarily bode well um, when you're driven by protocols. And um, for instance, if a a particular person comes in with some blood sugar issues, um, the standard of practice, what may be covered by insurance, is running hemoglobin A1C, which is a marker for the types of damage that the sugar is doing to your body over 120 days, and glucose, which is um, the amount of sugar that you've got in your bloodstream. Whereas a naturopath may look at that and say, well, we may also need to do some other tests like C-peptide, like uh, fructosamine, which will give us more information about how the pancreas is functioning so that we can really treat the cause. Your insurance may not cover that. So that's a bit of an issue, and that's a bit of a dilemma. Um, and so I think a lot of people probably, even if we get licensed, probably won't accept insurance because in some ways it's uh, it, it is very beneficial for us in some ways, but other ways it's not, in that um, if we do get covered, then we're limited to what we're able to be covered for, therefore we're limited in what we're able to do. Mm-hmm.
1: Very interesting. You know, um, I'm not going to talk to any you. further about the insurance scenario. Perhaps in another program we can uh, touch upon that again. But I, I don't want to really miss by not um, engaging you and uh, my wife in terms of yeah. what was the experience, uh, what was the dynamics in terms of you assisting her in her miraculous recovery from diabetes?
2: You know, I, 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 I think that um, with a condition like diabetes, Um, I think most savvy, uh, naturopaths or most savvy physicians, uh, know exactly what to do. Um, and this depends on, on how far gone the person is. And when Dora came to me, um, uh, Dora wasn't very far gone. She, she was in pretty good shape. She had a pretty good understanding of what was happening to her. But the thing that, um, that made it most easy and made her recovery, I think, um, so profound and so pronounced is her ability to um, just do what she had to do like it's really simple um, when you have diabetes um, you got to change your diet you know you got to get a diet that doesn't elevate your blood sugar that doesn't uh, set your blood sugar um, uh, soaring you know you have to exercise you must exercise um, basic lifestyle things you must do um, the part that I did was I um, I believe I put her in on a very good nutritional plan. We talked about some emotional aspects of diabetes and what it meant to her. Um, But most of the work is hers with something like that. And I have to applaud her for all of the hard work that she did in following out the directions that I laid for her. And she had many questions and very valid and wise questions. Um, I think that it was a pretty rigid treatment plan because I think that with diabetes, you have to be rigid. Um, you've got to be pretty stringent. Um, and so, uh, it was her willingness to to uh, to do that, to uh, walk that path, uh, that really led her to her her, her profound recovery. And so, I, I would have to say that my interaction with her was one um, that was very inspiring. In that, uh, I see many people with this condition, and I know exactly what to do to get them better. Um, and it's no big secret, but it's, it's that person's willingness to change their lives. That's very difficult. I mean, if you can get someone to really feel that and really recognize that, really take those steps that they need to make themselves healthy, um, and we can give the person support around that, whether or not it's emotional, uh, nutritional, uh, physical, we can give them support around that, but it's that person's work, um, that's going to, uh, lead to the positive results and really make me look very good, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's been a, a real blessing I mean, what, to, uh, to work with
1: her. Well, it was it was really a blessing that, that we were directed to you. Um, at this point, I, I, and my wife would like to share some things with the audience, and with yourself,
2: Dr. So far. Thank you.
0: Oh, hello again, Doctor. I just want to thank you for everything. I thank you for your confidence in me. You're going to have me crying here on the radio in front of everyone. But you're you're absolutely right. Like, when I came to you, I remember saying to you, I don't have space in my life to shoot myself with insulin or to be sick. And I really was willing to do whatever I had to do, but I have to really give you like 75% of the credit because you knew exactly what to tell me to do. You knew exactly which supplements I needed to take and how they interacted with each other and You know, without the information, I could have been as determined as I wanted to be, but nothing would have happened. So I just so totally appreciate you. And I know in some of our conversations I've mentioned to you that I've become quite the advocate for natural healing modalities of diabetes. And on my radio show and just people that I meet at work and just everywhere, I'm always telling them, you don't have to suffer from this. You don't have to be hospitalized. And... You know, it's, it's just, it seems like, it seems complicated, but after you get a routine, because like you said, it's a lifestyle change. I had to develop a routine, and once you develop that routine, and once you know, oh, you know, sugar, just forget it, anything that contains sugar, just forget it, and it's, it's really not easy. It's truly not an easy thing to do, but once you start seeing those results, Forget it. Like, there's no turning back. And I I think it's like people who try to lose weight and they can't, but then once they find what works for them and they start shedding the pounds, there's no turning back. Well, the same thing with natural healing for diabetes. Once you see your numbers go down, once you see that you can eat apples and bananas, and I eat bananas every day, Doctor. I eat fruit, apples, I eat raisins, I eat everything. And my fasting blood sugar in the morning, like this week, my numbers were like 92, 93, 100. And, like, I'm eating. But I'm eating now natural sugar, and I find it's not bothering me. So that's what happens once you reverse it. It's not that you can't eat sugar ever again. You just can't eat the detrimental kind of sugar.
2: Absolutely. I mean, and that is so well said and well stated. And I thank you um uh, Dora, I just want to say this again, um, that uh, I knew that Dora was going to be fine, and I think that, you know, um, maybe you can speak to this when I'm done, but when, when Dora came and I said to her, listen, you're not even going to have a problem with this. This is going to be so fine, because I just got the feeling from her that she was ready, that it was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And any person in, this, in the healing profession will tell you that is the type of person that you want to see walking through your door because um, they're going to be successful and they're going to make you look good. And um, this information and this, um, th- 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 you're right, it is very specific. It is, you have to do it the right way. And I can give you that. And I feel like uh, uh, um, um, I do that well. That's the part of it that I do well. Um, I feel like I try to help to motivate people. Um, but I feel like, um, after they leave my office, it's up to them. And that's where, that's really where the work begins. When it's like you're, you're looking in a refrigerator and you have like a, a an intimate cake and you're so used to just grabbing it. What, what is the, what is the motivation that gives you to, what is, what, what motivation do you use that, um, now, where you're making this decision, where you're making um, wise decisions, where you're not picking that up and eating it, I think that that's where we must talk about where some of the healing comes in and that your your mindset is somehow uh, changed. Yeah, the supplements are going to help to stabilize your blood sugar and the, uh, the, doing the exercise is going to help you make, uh, make you less um, um, insulin resistant and they're going to help you swallow up blood sugar, your blood sugar more and it's going to bring down your glucose. And all of the science is there, and we all, you know, I know that part of it. But what I'm fascinated by is that some people who I feel like um, could easily turn it around just uh, don't, and they just can't uh, kick that, but other people can. And I think that what I'd like to do is find a medicine for that. So whatever that is, um, I would like to find that, um, and that, because I really think that that's what's the key. It's just doing doing the work, you know, um, uh, diabetes is one of those conditions that happens over a long, long length of time of not really treating your body right, not doing the right things. And so usually what I tell people is that, okay, so you've been, you know, maybe doing this or, uh, or doing this behavior for, like, 20 years. Don't expect to, like, wake up tomorrow morning after I give you the supplement program and your blood sugar problems are all, all together. This is going to be work. And, like, uh, I have to give it to you again, Dora, most people do not – want to hear that and and what is key is that when you uh what is key and what's key to understand about natural medicine is that when you see a a naturopathic doctor we want you to do the work that's that's how you're going to get better it's about a lifestyle change always it's not about a medicine um temporarily making you feel better it's about um you bringing balance in your life in all aspects even even the motivation that you have for not picking that elements cake up right uh that's a change. How, did, how, how does that happen? It happens through work, somehow. So, again, congratulations.
0: Oh, thank you so much, Dr., but I also have to mention the element of fear. Fear is an <laughs> incredible motivator. I slipped out when they told me I had to stick myself with needles. That just, that's just not acceptable. My hands would shake. Every time I would have to inject myself, that's one of the most frightening, traumatic things that have ever happened to me in my life. So for people who are listening, who may be pre-diabetic, I've I've heard that term, pre-diabetic, it means if you cut out the sugar now, you you won't end up on insulin. That's what pre-diabetic is, that they're telling you, hey, your next step is insulin. So, you know, fear is an incredible factor, the fear of you can go blind the fear of you can have your limbs amputated. I mean, you don't need to be a rocket scientist. I know many people aren't motivated, but if people come face-to-face with, okay, this is not a thing where, oh, I, I remember when I was a kid, I'm in my 50s, and I remember when I was a kid, diseases such as diabetes, and back then they used to call it, She has the sugar, you know, (laughs) it was called the sugar. (laughs) Right, right. Maybe you might once in a while hear of someone who had it, but now I'm looking at these statistics, and there's 25 million Americans who have been diagnosed with it and another 3.7 million Americans who are walking around like I was who don't even know they have it. So that's not a, you know, to me, that's an epidemic. And if people that are listening to this have family or friends, fear is an incredible motivator. That condition of diabetes can make you go blind. It almost happened to me. Mm -hmm. Okay? It can cause you to lose your eyesight. It can cause you to have to have limbs amputated. Okay? There are so many things that you just don't want to have to deal with. And I think if people really understood the ramifications they would do like I did um, when I came home from the hospital. My husband and I went in our refrigerator and our cupboard. We read labels. We threw away anything that remotely resembled having sugar in it.
1: Anything labeled
2: fructose,
1: corn syrup.
0: Right. I didn't know about fructose and high fructose corn syrup. And I didn't know what those terms meant. You know, like, and, and I guess you wouldn't unless something happens or unless that's what you study, Most people are like, yeah, you read labels, and you see a lot of things, and it's like, okay, whatever. So I'm big-time advocating for people to read labels, do the work. You need to be afraid of getting the disease. Fear is an incredible motivator. It will force you to do
1: things that you never thought you could do before. Well, speaking about fear, I'm happy you mentioned that. Uh, Dr. Soppa, I'm not sure, but perhaps you've heard uh, former President Bill Clinton has now embraced a vegan uh, lifestyle. His diet is now completely vegan. And
2: yeah, we have I have the heard the that, yeah.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, the likes of Russell Simmons, who is now a good friend of Deepak Chopra, by the way. He's vegetarian, practices yoga, you know, breathing exercises and so forth. And I've experienced on Facebook quite a few of my young friends, even those from the hip-hop community, are embracing vegetarian, if not vegan, um, diets. So I'm encouraged as a young man of 66 years of age who's been a vegetarian for going on some 24 years, I feel encouraged. I feel that, indeed, we have the uh, possibility of a, 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 a change in consciousness in terms of how we take care of our body. Uh, I happen to be with my wife in Prospect Park, Brooklyn, New York, and I had the pleasure of meeting, um, it was a, a children's oriented walkathon, Uh, about 5K three miles, and um, the gentleman Vince uh, uh, Ferguson, who's the uh, so-called desire of fitness here in New York City, had two guests uh, that he had introduced to the group of us, about maybe 300 people, uh, Damien and Nicole Garganius, and they were uh, contestants in The uh, Biggest Loser a couple of years ago and uh, didn't win. But uh, uh, Damon had such a vagarious and, uh, you know, uh, sincere and humane personality that he was really the hit of the show for quite a few weeks. And as I was walking with Damon, you know, we were talking about my wife's recovery, her miraculous recovery, and, and the fact that he had lost his weight. Him and his wife combined lost about 245 pounds. And he made a statement that really resonated with me, and that was that we all are one meal away from having diabetes, (laughs) Yes. whether we know it or not. You know, some of us will get the diabetes and it becomes a pronounced problem and we go to the hospital and we get treated and so forth. And then like um, uh, my wife was mentioning, there's 3 million plus people who have diabetes but don't know it. And I wanted your take in terms of like we're approaching the holiday season. I know we eat a lot of sweets during the summer and so forth. But we really go bunkers during this time of the year, you know thanksgiving, Christmas, and if you have a birthday on top of that and someone getting married, well you know you're really out there in deep waters. What is your take on that uh, dr so paul?
2: You know, I think that um behaviors are learned from um uh home you know you you uh you learn things from your parents and uh um you you, uh, pretty much follow those same behaviors. Um, one of the things that I had to say when, when Dora was mentioning statistics, and to tie, to tie what your, your question is, well, you know, the growest, the, the fastest growing population of diabetics in our country are our children, right? Our, our children are, uh, being diagnosed with obesity and diabetes at a higher rate, and especially children of African descent. And um, I know we see it in our community. And so this is becoming a huge problem. And so I think that your question has a lot of validity because I think it directly addresses that. Um, yeah, this is something that is ingrained in our culture. What we choose to eat uh, for our holidays uh, is, is is a small part of it, I think, though. I think what, you know, what, what do we choose to eat for our breakfast? And this is one of the things that I talk to Dora about. We have this notion in our culture that breakfast always has to be sweet, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. and this is something that's learned. This isn't something that, that's even, um, you know, that, that we just choose. It's just learned. When I, you know, when I was coming up, you Mm -hmm. know, it was Captain Crunch in the morning. It was, uh, pancakes with a lot of ancient mama, um, syrup. And, um,
1: (laughs) you
2: know, it was, it was no other choices. We learn. We, this is a learned behavior, and so um well and, you know how, you know I, I think you know where, where do we begin we, we have to teach people, and it has to start in the home, we need to teach people um proper eating and um what are right choices, so certainly, I think that uh um this is a very big problem, and we're even seeing it now hitting our kids, and so we need to make a stand, and um we need to do something about this.
1: Right, I, I agree totally. I, I have a coined expression of uh, peer pressure, positive peer pressure. Uh, we have to stop biting our tongue, no pun intended, uh, with each other, especially those of us who are adults. When we see one of us that we haven't seen for some while, or not, we actually engage with each other in each other's company on an ongoing basis. Once we see one of us uh, gaining weight, looking ill, sickly, or embracing certain habits that are unhealthy, we need to mention it. We need to address it. And and we talk about you know with all of us actually being African American on this uh, particular shows uh, engaged with this conversation. Uh, we have to go back to the history, you know, in terms of when we came from Africa uh, by force and were uh, in, in, in involved with being enslaved and uh, forced to live on a plantation, as it were. And the food that we were given was food that was remnants, throwaway food, food that the slave masters did not want. And we have actually, to this day, still embraced that particular diet. So we need to, I think, have a conversation about that amongst ourselves, that uh, the perpetuation of the diet that we have that's that's not um, uh, healthy, we have to go back to the historical aspect of it. And, and understand that we have been bamboozled, hoodwinked to think that indeed we can continue to embrace a particular lifestyle and, and, and be healthy and, and, and be progressive, especially in terms of our children. So uh, I just wanted to share that, that uh, uh, there has to be some type of uh, uh, leap forward. By example, by all of us who are, who are encouraged to understand that if we adjust our diet, even if it's just a small amount, eliminating, uh, you know, smoking cigarettes, uh, drinking excessive alcohol, on and on, whatever it is that we know that in our hearts, heart is not healthy, that we need to challenge ourselves and each other to change that particular habit. Can I, I completely can agree. I do-
0: Dr. Falford, can I just ask you to clarify something for our listeners? Because it was it's something that also had um helped me immensely with reversing diabetes. Like I know we were talking about entermen cakes and, you know, birthday cakes and things like that, but I know many people, including myself, didn't realize that carbohydrates, like you maybe you might not like a lot of cakes and cookies, but if you eat a lot of things like white rice or white potato, mashed potatoes, they convert to sugar, and most people don't know that. So can you just tell us a little bit about that?
2: Certainly. Um, So just like uh, Dora uh, said so well, um, so carbohydrates uh, in your body, um, especially simple carbohydrates is where you would find in, like, potatoes, white rice, pasta, bread, especially bread, Uh, And think about the the food groups that I've just uh, mentioned and how many times and how accessible those types of foods are. Um, Those foods break down really, really rapidly in your body to sugar. And so it becomes, and you eat a lot of them, and so it becomes um, very difficult for your body to control this. And so over time, if this is what the nature of your diet is, pancakes, bread, um, pasta at night, if that's what the nature of your diet is, your body has these huge surges in sugar, which, you have to, which, your, which your body then is forced to deal with. And over time, this is what aggravates your pancreas. And over time, this is what makes it more and more difficult for you to be able to, to handle this. In addition to that, uh, these types of foods actually um, make you um, put on uh, fat, um, which then sets up this cycle where you're eating these types of foods, you're storing fat, you're putting on fat, and the fat makes you um, more resistant to insulin. So this is an evil, vicious, vicious uh, circle. And so um, I'm going to explain this insulin resistance thing. This is insulin is the hormone that is used to help to bring your blood sugar down. So if your body is resistant to it, you have to produce a lot more of it to bring your blood sugar down. The more you produce, the more more insulin you produce, the more difficult it is for your body to produce it. You're working your pancreas really hard. And so people, like at the very beginnings of diabetes, you're probably secreting a bunch of insulin to bring a little bit of sugar down. And so... um, you know if you continue along this cycle, you begin to not be able to produce insulin anymore. you kind of burn your pancreas out, which is why you have to start um, utilizing uh exogenous insulin or insulin injections, things like that so yeah th- these types of foods are uh very dangerous um, other carbohydrate or carbohydrate dense uh vegetables, even like uh you know like uh carrots for instance, have a lot of sugar in them. And so um when you come to me for your for your diabetes consultation in the very beginning I'm gonna say, you know what, you need to not eat the the uh carbohydrate dense sugary, starchy vegetables either, like sorry to say, um, sweet potatoes, um, potatoes, um, carrots, rutabaga, beets, those types of things are also not the best in the world. So um, you know. Um, this this diet is very very particular and just like Dora said earlier, um, in the beginning it's hard because you're being very very rigid. But it's not like you can never eat those foods again. You'll be able to get yourself to the point where your body's now able to handle uh, certain loads of carbohydrates. Your body's able to produce the insulin that it needs to bring that down. So, um, you know, absolutely, it's a very important question, Dora, and thank you. Oh, and thank you so much, Doctor.
1: A doctor, you mentioned, uh, you made a statement about fat. And uh, I remember Dr. Oz and Oprah's show had mentioned a couple of years ago the fact that one's waist, a man's waist, should be a certain amount of inches versus a woman's waist. And uh, I, it just made me think about my youth years where the older brothers would have what one would call the chippy's playground, It's <laughs> not that, you know, they had a beer belly,
2: you
1: know. And we would laugh like Dora's doing right now, we, you know. Uh, and I just wanted to have your take in terms of the fact that a lot of people don't realize, especially if you're a young uh, adult uh, or a teenager, that you can't have a, a very uh, large tummy and. And with the ladies, you know, they can look a little voluptuous and, and have a little bit of a waist and what have you, uh, but they're at risk. And there's a certain period in your life when you reach a certain age that that risk becomes more um, more uh, detrimental in terms of you being uh, on the pinnacle of, or at edge of having diabetes. So could you share briefly with the listening audience that yeah, that's a concern.
2: great question. That that is a, a very good question. Um, so what happens is, like I was saying, um, in this whole vicious cycle where we um, where we're caught into this uh, way we eat with lots of carbohydrates, producing this fat, making us making us actually um, store fat uh, more so than just uh, having foods that high in fat. Um, the places that it's stored are usually in our midsection, right? And so um, this, is, this is what you begin to see. And so um, you, have, you have this habit of eating these carbohydrates, and over a course of time you're going to be storing your, your fats around your midsection. Your, your midsection is going to be getting larger and rounder and bigger. Um, and uh, then this sets up a situation where um, your body now has a very difficult time um, with sensing insulin, and so um uh absolutely this is this is the this is what the beginning stages of what it looks like uh to eventually lead to to um full blown diabetes and this is something that we really need to be conscious of and watch out for. Our body tells us you know the way that our body is storing this fat right around our midsection and thighs and and things like that um it's very telling and um You know, it it is definitely uh, sometimes in a lot of cases the first thing we see um, when a person's at that metabolic syndrome or that syndrome X, where they have um, not only because of the fat storage, they have maybe some high blood pressure, they have their cholesterol could be high, Uh, their triglycerides or their other uh, lipids in their blood blood could be high, they have insulin resistance, they have this weight around their midsection. You know that that's one step before having full blown, full blown diabetes, and we see that in a lot of people. And I think that when Dora says those three million people who are undiagnosed, I would I would say the next step is look at the people around you who don't have diabetes who have a big mid big, a big midsection like that, and chances are they may be one of those three million people. And not to laugh at it, but that's just the truth about it. And um, um, again, that's a really excellent question, but. Again, this is something that you see in the very beginning, the beginning stages of, uh, this condition. And, you know, I I also have to mention that I had one patient, and, you know, I'm not able to discuss names or anything like that, of course, but I had a patient who was uh, a very, very, uh, thin, um, young man. He was like 24, um, very thin, um, uh, muscular. Although I think that it was probably because he, um, was young and not because he was working out had a horrible diet for his whole life. He said that his, uh, um, you know, his mom wasn't cooking for him and he would just go out and eat candy and things like this had horrible diabetes. And I mean, he did not fit that picture did not fit that picture where it was like, okay, he's got a big stomach and it's, it's, it's easy to know. So I don't want to say that there aren't those cases where people, um, you know, that that you have to have a big stomach in order to have diabetes. No. I think that um, everyone should get a checkup. Uh, I think that if you have this type of diet where it's been a carbohydrate-dense diet, where you have lots of sugars in your diet, and this has been a consistent thing, and you start feeling symptoms um, like tiredness, fatigue, um, um, visual issues, um, tingling sensation in your hands and your legs, you might want to go to the doctor um, because although you may not fit the picture, uh, the physical picture with a big stomach um, and things like that of someone who may be diabetic, uh, diabetic or overweight certainly may have it. And this is something that we're beginning to see even more and more now um, in our in our community is um, people who don't necessarily fit that that uh, that image that we have of what a diabetic looks like, of somebody who's overweight. Of someone who's got this big stomach, so that's something else that we have to really stay up on top of it's not just the way that the person looks um but also um, um what their symptoms are how are they feeling you know um that's that's all really very important and really, really uh, uh very um, uh, you know um very telling well great uh
1: thank you for uh uh, sharing that with us, uh, Dr. Salt-Paw. Uh We have about eight minutes uh, left in the program, and uh, it's amazing how when you're having fun and, and dealing with serious uh, issues and information, how fast time can go. So uh, I want to thank you for um, coming on the show, and I look forward to you. You know, I hope this is not your last time, uh, but we'd like to have you on again, and there's other areas that i like to cover, such as exercise and, and uh uh, cancer, heart disease, high blood pressure, things of that nature which also coincide uh, and in, are in tangent with the risk of diabetes. Uh, very quickly, uh, Dr. sofa I'd like you to give the audience uh, your address and phone number in particulars.
2: Okay, thank you. Um, my address is 230 West 13th Street, Suite B. Um, that's between 7th and 8th Avenue and New York, New York. Um, so that's, uh, near Integral Yoga, um, in the West Village, um, uh, section of Manhattan. My telephone number is 917-837-6722. My email address is Dr. Dr. Uh, sawpaw. I'll spell that S-A-L-T-P-A-W at gmail.com. Great. Uh, again,
1: thank you so much, Doctor. Uh, well, Thank you so great, much for the uh, opportunity.
2: I had a wonderful time.
1: You're welcome, and, and I, I likewise, I really enjoyed you. Thank you,
0: Doctor.
2: Thank you, Dora. It's wonderful seeing you, and it's uh, always a pleasure speaking to you.
1: Okay. As I was mentioning, um, we are having uh, shows every Saturday at 6 o'clock, and we be, we'll be having additional shows during the weekdays. I must add, though, that I'm not a medical doctor myself, and I'm not here to recommend any treatments or make any diagnoses. Um, what I'm here to do is to share information about the health practices which my family and I engage in and which work for us. And I suggest that before trying anything new that you consult with a licensed medical practitioner. With that being said, I must also share with you the fact that I use a product which is named of Vita, which is an energy drink which has several benefits It has assisted me and my wife in maintaining a comfortable energy level during the day. And it also has uh, helped my wife with uh, the capacity capacity to lose unwanted pounds and and assist her with her treatment for diabetes. Um, Perhaps, honey, you'd like to share with the audience your benefits that you've experienced?
0: Oh, surely. And as, as my husband said, before you try anything, you know, check with your doctor, because I did mention it to Dr. Saltpaw before I tried it, and he said, well, try it and, you know, see how your body reacts to it. And my reaction was it helps me maintain my blood glucose levels and it also assisted me in losing weight. And I actually did, um, I guess I used myself as an experiment by seeing how my blood glucose levels were while I was using it. Then I stopped using it for a few weeks to see if there was any change. So those are things that you can do, you know, with yourself. You can, within reason, experiment and see how something is affecting you.
1: Right. Now, if you're interested, uh, you're able to acquire a free bottle of Fruita Vita, uh, free of charge. You just have to pay for the shipping and handling charges, and uh, you can go to the website, which is wwwtryfutavitacom forward slash four five five two two. That's try T R Y F-R-U-T-A, V-A-V-A, V-A-V-A.com, like forward slash 45522. Two. And by the way, the link is on the page of this show. So if you do try it, I, I would love for you to email me after using it for about seven days or so and let me know how your energy level has changed. You'd be surprised. And I almost forgot to mention that I'm also training for my 14th New York Marathon, which is next month, November 7th. I ran my marathon some 30 years ago for the first time, and at 66 years of age, I can truly appreciate the adage that was introduced to me when I first started running, and that is that the body does keep score. So, yes, indeed, we have to be careful about what we put into our body and what we do to our body because it's like an investment. You know, we do get a return on that investment in proportion to the consistency and the intent of healthy habits and the lifestyle that we have. Um, I didn't mention earlier, but Dr. Saltpaw, uh, is associated with a company named Invite Health, and they have several stores throughout the New York area. Um, you can look at my site as well on the page of this show and receive information about Inve- Invite Health and any uh, new- nutraceutical um, uh, medicine that you would like to have, or I say supplements. You can access through Invite Health, and we also have a website. A page in which you can go to to make an online order so i do thank you so much for um listening in today to grassroots holistic health and we look forward to you coming on board again with us next week next saturday that's the 16th at the same time it's six o'clock and we have the pleasure of um having a guest his name is damien garganius and uh, i don't think his wife is going to be on but he will be with us and he will share with us his experience, the experience that he and his wife both had uh, being participants on The Biggest Loser about two years ago, and the fact that they collectively uh, lost a combined 245 pounds. I mean, they, they are really... Uh, to mm-hmm. So again, thank you so much for listening in, and uh, I will end as I be done by paying homage to uh, our ancestors, to our elders, to my mother-in-law, my children, my siblings, and most of all to my wife, for indeed assisting me in being who I am and engaging with you, that it health. Have a pleasant night and a blessed weekend.